OK, where are we going to start? Apple's Jade. She made 530,000 euros mm. as a broodmare this week. This is Goff's auctioneer, Nick Nugent, taking you the last stages of the bidding. There was one way, hey! but there wasn't, a, there wasn't the round of applause. Tremendous theatre there from, from he's, Nick He's Nugent. so good, Nick Nugent, He is brilliant. I, I, I've heard him with the gavel a few times. He's, he's pretty good fun. He's, um, he's one of the few people that have resisted my entreaties to get him in that chair as well. Really? Yeah, I know. How come? I don't, I, he, he, I, amazingly, he, I think he, he didn't want to be you know, too... He, he strikes me as hugely ebullient. And, he is. He'd be great. Yeah. So I'm appealing to you again, Nick. I'm making a public <laughs> appeal to you to when, when, when obviously COVID restrictions are released and, and you can easily move between countries, although who knows whether that's ever going to be the case with Brexit around the corner. He's never going to come, is he? <laughs> um, yeah, Apple's Jade. Yeah, well, she's lovely, isn't she? And she's in foal as well. That's to walk bit, in the park, yes. That's fairly unusual, Siren, though, isn't it? No, no, it's very, it's very standard. No, I mean, selling horses that are in foal. No, it like happens that, all the time. For that, for that kind of money. Happens all, well, really? happens all the time, yeah. Oh, I didn't even... There you go. Six I know very little about the breeding industry, really. And but I certainly wouldn't scratch I my think nose that, at that kind of auction. The point, the point that mm. you would be interested in, though, is that the, owner, the new owner, Noel mm. Moran, who's yeah. building up a big stable with mm. Gordon Elliott et al., he, he's getting stuck into the breeding side of it as well. Mm. And, and clearly that is, is a, a significant factor. People worry mm. about Jigginstown coming out and all the... Yes, so yes, yes. There seems to be a new yeah. big player in national hunt racing well, every time. I mean, that's got to be good for Gordon Elliott as well because, you know, he's got a gap to fill, hasn't he? And it's quite soon as well that he's going to need to fill it. So that must be really good for them. Yeah, well played. And the last time Gordon Elliott appeared on this programme, I, I you know, put the question to him that it's not all about four days in March and he went, you're wrong, Nick. It is all about <laughs> four days in March. He thinks it. Willie Mullins thinks it. Yeah. Nicky Henderson thinks it. Paul Nichols doesn't think it quite so much, but... Oh, the old festival focus again. Mm. Right, how can I phrase this? How can, um, how can I put this? Are we talking too much about talking too much about the fact that the festival <laughs> is too important? Uh, well, the festival is too important. I mean, the festival's great. I love the festival. It's, one, you know, it's like the highlight of my year. I really enjoy it. Uh, I, I like, I, I'm actually a person that likes festival preview nights. There you go, you found one. Um, Plenty of, people do, plenty of no, people, people do. Plenty of people do. They're it's breeding quite, like rabbits. It's festival quite common to kind of slag them off, though, isn't it? Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I think, I mean, the answer to the, the the real answer is yes. Of course, there's too much focus on the festival. It means that the pre-Christmas stuff isn't as good as it used to be, and the pattern is there are too many races, basically, aren't there? And there are too many opportunities for good horses to avoid each other. We all know that. Uh, so they need to have. I mean, isn't it? Hang on a minute. Isn't the solution it, to all of these things is less racing, so that you get more competitive racing, and you can use the prize money in one big pot rather than lots of slightly smaller pots. Yeah, this, this, this is the, this is the Kevin Blake argument, isn't yeah. it? Fewer opportunities means you. Kevin Blake, as uh, always, all, is right in these things. But yeah. also, it's about isn't it? Also <laughs> about sinking the the English and Irish 
race programmes or the British and Irish race yes. programmes a bit better. Yes. So that we, there's, it encourages more uh, more travel between the two countries. Yeah, yeah, because the Dublin Festival allowed. is a brilliant thing, but the English don't really go over that. I but I don't really it's blame them. both ways. But I don't really blame them that much because the, the, the Irish are so good and it's quite close to Cheltenham. Tom so. Simmons suggested Song for Someone might go to Ireland. <laughs> well, that's good. I like I that idea. I mean, I, I'm always, you know, I'm a huge fan of Paul Nichols uh, and... You know, whenever you see one of these small field races and you think, blimey, why has no one entered that? You can guarantee there's a P. Nichols in there. Um, I think a lot of trainers are just not brilliant at spotting opportunities what? in the in the programme book. What I love about you is that you show all your working so I can eventually get to something <laughs> like the right boring. answer. <laughs> so I just realised the answer to this know. stupid question that we ask about <laughs> is there too much focus on the Chelten Festival is, is yes and no. <laughs> no, there isn't too much focus from a punter's and enthusiast point mm. of view. There can't ever be too much hype and focus. They can never be. But yes, there is too much focus in terms of the, the horse men and women and trainers. Yeah, I mean, if your if your answer to the problem was okay, we're cancelling Ruby and Lydia because there's too much focus on it, that's that's the wrong that answer. Can't happen. You can't do that. Can't that's do a brilliant that. program, and, and for me, you know, like you could start that in June. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I could watch that, you know, I think all Lydia the time. Might. Yeah, maybe. But uh, so in some ways there isn't too much focus, but in other ways. Yeah, of course it's ridiculous that we're worrying about gallops at Kempton and Newbury in, in October that are leading up to the festival. It's ludicrous. Well, and, and the, you know, the, 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 the I was going to say the Hennessy meeting, you know what I mean, the Labrook Winter Festival or whatever the hell it's called. Carnival. A carnival. Uh, you know, that could be built into a sort of three-day festival. What's the, already a three-day festival. Yeah, kind of, you know, but more of a thing mm. than, than one big race and a few other races chucked around it. Uh, and, you know, the Christmas stuff is good, but it's the, the day after Boxing Day is a bit not so great. Uh, you know, they need to build up those things, but they also need to have less... I don't really understand in racing generally why, why we ever have Saturdays that are a bit... Did we go over two minutes yet? Uh, I didn't hear the bell. But I don't really understand why we, do, why we ever have Saturdays that you turn around and say, well, that, that's not a great Saturday. Why would you have not great Saturdays? Like, surely every Saturday should be great. Every Saturday is a great Saturday. Well, right, you've sorted yeah. that out. You've sorted out the pattern. You've sorted out oh, the programme book. What can, what can Neil Channing do about fog? Not much. Uh, I mean, it seems a bit... It seems a little bit of a spit in the eye to the people at home and the punters. Are we talking, talking about the John Durkin chase? Well, not just the John Durkin, but as yeah. a general thing, if people can't see the action, you shouldn't really run the race. Chelmsford happened again the other it day. It happened at Chelmsford, and... I understand, you know, they, people have travelled, it's COVID, it's, they, the owners want to run, the trainers, you know, I get all of that. But, you know, as usual, the participants are considered to be the horse people and people like me that just punt are not really, we're slightly second division in racing sometimes and we pay for the whole thing. So I don't think that's right. I, I, I agree that if you can't see it, there's no point. And at the moment, mm. there's even less point because no one can see mm. it, especially in Ireland last weekend. Mm. Yeah, no, no, one like <laughs> no one was there. No one was there. Yeah, you couldn't. I mean, it was you couldn't see anything. I mean, the poor, even the commentator couldn't see, and there was no. There wasn't even relay. The poor, the the poor in running punters, their drones are flying around. You know, they got yeah, nothing. Yeah, now, now, now you, you just about had everyone's ear. You, you had everyone's ear. You had everyone's sympathy until you mentioned the in running punters, and then it was like, right. 
Tune out. I just, yeah, I think, I, I just think, you know, <laughs> drones crashing all over a bunch of stuff. I, I, basically, I think if you can't see it, you shouldn't run it. Basically. So it's sad because we want the racing to go ahead. And that that John Durkin, what a brilliant race. You know, we had all that talk. How do you know? No, what a brilliant race on paper. Like, what a field <laughs> they gathered. I mean, that was every legend in Irish racing in one, in one uh, race, really. You know, but there you go. So who knows what Min's going to do for the rest of the season? Well, it jumped so well in that race. I mean, you know. of course, the one race he should, I would love to see him in would be the King George. But there doesn't look like there's going to be any, any Irish horses in that either, which is bizarre, mm, mm. given how, how well Willie Mullins also yeah, had run yeah, in it before. Yeah, well, yeah. Wins and runners up and yeah, all sorts, true, anyway. True. Um, Scottish racing is getting some funding from the Scottish government, uh, reflective of the oh, nationwide I miss support. That story. To, Tell mm. me more. A couple of million to Scottish racing uh, to, to help out. Uh, and Scottish racing's been how been do they, how do they manage that? Do they have a good lobby with the SNP or not really? I think they do. Yes, I think yeah. Scottish Racing does have a good good lobby. They've done they've done some some really good work. The uh, the people who run Scottish Racing in the last in the last few months, they I think they've been hit significantly harder mm. than than quite a bit of um, than, than than some of the rest of the country. Mm. Well, great. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. I mean. Are there wider implications to the UK, the rest of the UK? Is that what you're saying, really? Well, the interesting, the interesting point about is that, the, is that the, why the, Bruce stuck this on talking points because he he feels like uh, there's a, the, 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 you know, we should learn from their best practice here and and get some money out of the government. The good thing is you're throwing the producer under the bus, which is fantastic. <laughs> and the the beauty of Neil Channing living, as we've discussed on this program so many times, is that he lives so close to the studio that he doesn't really have to get in until quite late. <laughs> you may have noticed that. They've never told us the talking points in advance, ever. I but, think that's a, but that's part of the joy of the programme. I know it's better, but I, I don't know what to say about you know, sometimes Your preparation, <laughs> as, as a guest on this programme, your preparation is assumed. I had pieces of paper here. Look, I know, it's assumed rather than, you know, I just assume that... I, didn't, I, I missed about. this story. Interesting story uh, on a tangent to this, because mm. I'm desperately searching for one, <laughs> is that today yeah. the PMU in France, mm. uh, the, so the government... Yeah, yeah, the yeah. government Subsidised Barry Mutual, Barry Mutual yeah. is uh, making eight million euros available to pay the rent of the bars and the tabac that wow. have PMU outlets. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really now amazing. that is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know that that I mean that is another talking point. The the, the whole tote monopoly argument, but you know that's a yeah whatever. Well, I think you'd struggle to nail a total monopoly argument in two minutes. Though we'd... We only had three I'll seconds come back, left. I'll come back to that in okay. a few moments' time. I want to talk about Callum McInnes, who's a young conditional jockey attached to Ollie Murphy's yard. He got a 56-day ban for failing to ensure that a horse ran on its merits at Hereford. Mm. And then for... But he was found to have misled, intentionally misled the, uh, the panel as well. Uh, they didn't spare him. He got the full 56 mm. days, which is fine. Yeah. The only point I would raise is that in the in the uh, debrief, it was it was said that the representative for the trainer had uh, also, um, well, they used the word lied. Yeah. And yet nobody associated with the horse other than the jockey got any penalty at all, which made me wonder whether the BHA need to revisit this mm. area of the rules. Yeah, I mean, I. <sighs> I'm always a bit loath to talk much about these things because they're, they're always legal cases, aren't they? Yeah, and, I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, stating the facts. I, I, yeah, I mean, it seemed a bit odd to me that 
everybody kind of came out and within the stable. I didn't Ollie Murphy say, you know, I stand right by him. I, like, I, I, I well, like, I stand by him until I don't. Yeah, I didn't really kind of get that. Like, ha has he done something wrong? Yes. Is he being punished? What, what do you mean you stand right by him? I mean, I like, obviously I'm in favour of. Well, you uh, can stand right. You I'm, can in, stand, I'm in favour of you can, people yeah. being able to serve the time for doing yeah, their you crime. Yeah, you can. You can stand by. Yeah, you can stand, by, yeah, you can stand by. You can stand by somebody, yeah. can't you? Yeah. Um, I didn't really know whether he meant being, that or whether whilst, he meant. I don't think he did. Whilst not it. approving of his professional conduct. I, if he meant that, that yeah. that seems fine to me, and I, I, I'm sure he's a great kid, and he's going to be learning a lot of lessons from this, and go on and have a brilliant life afterwards, and I hope he does, and you know he never transgresses again. But um, I, it sort of sounded like he was saying, well, I don't really believe in the, you know, the verdict, which is a different kind of thing. I don't know. I don't, was that me misreading it? Well, I think I just think this is an area where, where young jockeys are being routinely penalised in such situations. Mm. I think that even if yeah. the, the jockey has made a, a gross error of judgment mm. rather than has done anything nefarious, yes, yes, yes. It, it, if if they have transgressed, I think the trainer who holds their license, who holds their indentures, mm. has to take a greater share of the responsibility. Well, yeah, I mean, in a world where jockeys get penalised. Uh, for the whip, for example, or for you know trying pushing into another horse or whatever, where they're trying really hard to win, or maybe too hard, you could say in inverted commas, uh, it's always on the jockey then, and never the trainer or owner who may have told them, you know, the money's down, you've got to belt it as much as you can. Uh, so yeah, there is a kind of a. You see what I'm trying to say? I think I think jockeys who are not fully out of their apprenticeship mm. are owed some degree of pastoral care, pastoral care yeah. and protection. Uh, also, a lot of people. I know we've gone over two minutes again, but a lot of people would turn around and say, it, "Racing's quite good at throwing the book at these young guys, but we never, ever, ever mm. see, you know, like, not I'm not talking about substances, but large bands." For the senior jockeys, and you know, people would say that pretty much every day you can point out something that looks a bit like tries to the front, others to the back. Okay, you're going to have to take the lead on the last talking point because I will confess that oh. I have not seen the racing at Newcastle yesterday. I have read yes. that there was a a farce at Newcastle. There's the headline. They're all in. Oh no, they're not. Right. What's happened here? You tell me because you were okay. watching. Well, I was chatting to a guy about the gambling review and the racing was on in the background, and I sort of thought, oh, that horse doesn't look like he wants to go in the stalls, and uh, they were shoving away at it, and. Uh, I don't. Th I mean, I watched it twice. I don't think they'd finished closing the back of the stall when, when the, the race started. Mm. Uh, now the horse sort of went in and backed out and went in and backed out. I'm not criticising the stall's handler at all. It's a tough job, and you know, I think they kind of thought, right, one last shove, he's in. Mm. Let's quickly shut it. And the starter probably thought, in that split second. He's in, let's start it. That seemed like the sort of thing that could easily happen. You know, I'm not really thinking that either of those people made a mistake, uh, particularly. But watching it, I was like, oh my God, they've started and that horse is definitely not in. Um, and, it, and it definitely wasn't being withdrawn for not going in. It just, they thought it was in and it wasn't. And they ran, it was a five furlong sprint. 
obviously these horses are quite hard to pull up immediately. Uh, the flag man came out and I don't know where he stands, the two furlong mark, uh, two, mm -hmm. two furlongs from the start. He came out you know, kind of reasonably quickly and got his flag out and did his thing. And, um, you know, it takes a while to pull them up. So I guess they'd run three and a half to four furlongs, really, some of them. It's like that pre Labbe all over again. And I carried on with my phone call and wasn't really looking at the screen. And then I looked at the screen again and the horse that hadn't gone in was actually dotting up, one about five lengths or something. And I was like, how the hell have they run that so quickly? Like, surely they would have been mass withdrawals or the race. It's just bizarre. Uh, it was back from nine to two into six to four on Betfair, the, the one that was fresh and hadn't run a race. Uh, and it bolted up. Well, it's a certainty, wasn't it, at um, that point? It's unbelievable. I mean, it happened once before at a horse water eight to one in that situation uh, about 20 years ago. Um, I sort of feel like there's an argument for saying that there's only one horse that got penalised if you'd have just carried on with the race and the flag man had kept his flag down and they'd have run it the first time. Uh, whereas doing it the way they did it, they all got penalised apart from one who got a massive advantage. But I sort of understand also that you can't do that. The flag man, he's doing his job. There was a full start. He has to come out and wave his flag. So I think there's an argument for avoiding the race, really. Like, it's... You know, we were talking yesterday, there was some talk on the channel yesterday, I think, about um, would you want to be on this one now? Have I gone over again? Um, a shade, a shade, but I do want to stop you there. OK, I'll because stop. I, want I'll to stop. You, I, I, I need to ask you one final thing mm. before, before you go, but those were this week's Talking Points. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Al Basti Dubai.